You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Primal Radio, we are back. Tom, what's up, brother? <laughs> yeah, that was my radio DJ voice. That's no good. <laughs> Fuck. I was working on my radio DJ voice. Can I try it again? Go on, yeah, yeah. We have very like cheesy ones over here. So we have okay, let me Welcome try it again. to Primal Radio. <laughs> That's so good. You should do that. I see the see, god damn it. I wanted to have a professional radio voice, but that isn't gonna happen. But anyway, so here's what we're doing. We are doing our year-end recap here on Primal Radio. A lot to discuss. We're going to go over. We're going to go over our show, what happened in the last year, all the good things, positive things, bad things. What we're going to do for the following year, grow the product, grow the brand, you know, uh, about Primal Promotion, same thing, uh, Primal Gym. And then, of course, our own personal goals, aspirations, failures. Well, how much time do we got? <laughs> we did this show last year and. I thought it was one of our better shows, but hardly anyone listened to it, because I think it, ah! <laughs> it's like the time of year it went out. Everyone's out, Christmas party season. Yeah, it was. I kind of remember. It was a year ago, so, you know, you know. but who knows? But it was a lot this year that we did, man. So I'll start it out, if that's okay with you, Tom, unless you have an agenda. Go for it. Right, but who's turning out to be the prepared one, <laughs> ironically? As crazy as that sounds. So over, a little over a year ago, you know, Tom and I started Primal Radio. And we've done, what, 54 episodes? That's right. That's 54 right. episodes. A lot, a lot of people on the show did a, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of shows. There was just Tom and I speaking. And then we had a, a ton of guests uh, from all walks of life, primarily martial arts, fitness, health, people we've known. And every single one was good. Do you have any, any guests, Tom, that kind of, do you have any one favorite guest? Is that a bad thing to ask? It's a good question. I've, I've got favorite guests and i've got favorite shows and they're not necessarily one and the same right i was kind of thinking i i could do a little countdown of like you know which shows got the most listens but i think i'll do that through facebook so i, I wrote down a few shows here that that really i guess leaped out to me i always thought the johnny mac one was like kind of our funniest show that was episode you know, four you know what would have been good and johnny mac was episode he was four so he's number four and then you're going backwards to number one no, this was just his show was number four. In, oh, in ah! <laughs> so I thought you were so that, that Tom, you are really prepared. And so what would be good for next year, Tom? Uh, so we have a year to prepare for this. So when we do the the countdown show or the countdown or the final show next year, God willing, we're still on this earth and that we actually can go and visit clips of the funniest moments and guess so that would be an all-year project for you. you up for it tom yeah 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 give me some more editing work i haven't got enough of that already <laughs> I, I didn't think you did look it'll it'll reflect in your paycheck tom <laughs> i'm still be a raise somehow we'll find some way to fund this project all right yeah. i'm so so johnny mack was uh show number four he wasn't number four on the list no i just i mean like you know in terms of like favorite guests it's great to have jeremy lynch on dennis blue oh, you know some yeah. some real old friends I, I thought chris kent was particularly good and interesting you know He's the guy we know pretty well but that was great right. personally i really enjoyed the one with your boxers i thought that was a real interesting show i didn't say much on it but they're just really interesting guys charismatic american sort of thing uh yeah 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 
Um, John we can, Fusco. We can, we can book him any time. <laughs> yeah, John yeah. Fusco, which you highlighted this week because he's got a new movie out with uh, Woody Harrelson. And who's he? Yeah. Who's, who, go on, t- tell us about that one. It's with Woody Harrelson and with Kevin Costner and Kathy Bates. Now, John Fusco, we, I've known for a better part of 10 years, met him through the martial arts world. And that's the great thing about this martial art world that in our little group of guys, a lot of good guys, and you get to meet very interesting people from all different walks of life who probably would not cross each other's paths, but for our love of martial arts, right? So we got to meet John and get to train with him through the years. And he, and he's a usually successful guy in Hollywood, a writer, screenplay. And so his latest project coming out, March of 2019, if my memory serves me correct. But anyway, we'll, we'll maybe have him back on the air when that releases out. We can always have him back. He's always He's got tons and tons of crazy yeah, stories. I, I follow him on crazy. Instagram and Facebook now kind of religiously. And he, he, he lives such an amazing life. And you think you, you must be getting constant ideas for new shows and new movies through right. the stuff he does very outdoorsy kind of guy always traveling yeah yeah re- fascinating human being really um and then a couple a couple of recent shows but grant i really enjoyed that one i think really deep individual he's got his own podcast and um i think rightfully so the guy's got a lot to say interesting views he does he was things. very good i, I like, like his podcast uh, listeners podcast yeah and then we've had some really good feedback on the john berardi show i mean he, he the guy is top of his game when it comes to nutrition everyone who listens to that one feels they've learned quite a lot and i think we'll get him back on at some stage because there was a whole bunch of stuff after the show i was thinking i should have asked him more about supplements i should have asked him more about why i'm always tired every morning and stuff like that because you're lazy variety was great and i do have some interesting so well, I, I can't wait till later on the show. But I, I, you're right. Got great feedback from Brody. So much information. Look, we cut him off after. We cut John Berardi off, amazingly enough, which is, upon reflection, was a fucking stupid idea because I think John would have stayed with us for hours. He would have. He, he would have absolutely. He's a tremendously nice guy and would have stayed. And we could have just kept drilling him and asking questions. And the great thing about a guest like John Berardi is that he can expound upon his ideas. He's not a one, oh, yes, no, don't do that. He talks and he's got a thought process behind that. So you'll understand his thought process, why he's thinking that way. And he's okay if you disagree with him, you know? So I thought he was great and, I, and, I, and he did agree to come back on the show. And right, we could do five hours. One thing that kind of leaped out at me around the way he's doing things, I, I think it's applicable to everything. If you want to be truly successful, you've got to live it as a lifestyle. And he was talking about, it wasn't just about what you eat. It was very much about Every, every component of life, you know, your stress management, your, your, how much sleep you're getting, what actual exercise regime you're doing, goal setting, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of also being realistic with what's achievable, that all or nothing thing. He was kind of saying that, you know, if you, if you go for an all or nothing diet, you're going to get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bit didn't do it for you, no. No, no, it does. It does. Because it, it, I do bounce between both worlds, like a David Goggins, who I'm a big fan of. Like, fucking kill it. Let's suck it up, bitch, and go. I can really appreciate that attitude. And I can, of course, appreciate the balance that John brings to it and the thought process to that as well. But I have my days where I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do everything on the planet today. And then the next day, it's, well, you know, have, having it moderated. And for me, it depends on the day which way I go. Yeah. 
I'll give you the same response. Now, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's, yeah, it's, that was your input on that. Yeah. I'll tell you why I'm relating to it a bit at the moment is I've started this new job. Things over the last few weeks have really picked up, you know, to the point where it's like I right. can't possibly get through the amount of work that they're giving me and my team. So I have to prioritize things and say this is the most important bit. And Correct. Now, the, the impact that's then having on my exercise regime, in the early days of working there, I was able to go to the gym at lunch and I was, I was you know, building muscle quite quickly and doing my existing evening exercise routine. And right. because of the level of work I've got at the moment, I've had to, I'm having to make choice about working before work, which is something I've never done. As I say, I've, I've always been a guy who's terrible in the morning. So, so I've started this British military fitness class, which is basically going down to your local park in the freezing cold and doing all sorts of mad <laughs> exercise. And I'm nice, doing, I'm like doing that, yeah, I'm doing that Monday and Fridays. There is no point where you get a chance to take a breath. It's, it's just constant good. for like an hour. And that, that's going to do me a bit of good in, in the long term. Oh, no doubt. When you first started saying uh, your British military workout, we, and you, you and this is what you said, you said, we go down to the local, and I thought you were going to say pub, uh, drink heavily and start fights. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I thought you were going with that, which I would have been perfectly acceptable to me. Yeah, I would have, I would have enjoyed that workout regime as well. But yeah, you're right. It goes back. It goes uh, both ways. You can kill it. You can balance it out. You got to kind of figure that out for yourself. Any other guests step out to you? Uh, well, let's have a few from you. I like them all. <laughs> you, <know, laughs> you sound um, like my mom. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, everyone had something to offer. I thought we were very fortunate in our guests that we grabbed this year. We pretty much personally knew everybody uh, to a certain extent. And so there was a bit of history there. And we kind of knew them a little more in depth, uh, probably just an average talk show host. would. I do like the fact, one of the things that I thought was great, our addition to the show is having the monthly boxing and MMA update. So with Doc Watson and Nick Portella, I think that's a great addition to the show. I think it's always changed. It's more of like a news update, 30 minute in here. Those guys have great insight on, on both MMA and boxing. And I've had positive feedback from them. And I really do enjoy those shows. Yeah, me too. I have to say, whenever I listen back to those, I'm always kind of quite proud of them. They're full of great content. They're not great. too long. No. And those guys really do know their stuff. I mean, you, you and I, it's not like we're unknowledgeable, right. but they're kind of super fans slash pundit kind of level guys. And the shows have been really, really good fun. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think they've been a great addition and, and that will continue into next year. I think so. And I think those shows rank right up with the sports channels like ESPN and other things like that. I see these guys talking. Pardon me, when I watch those shows, it seems like, the hosts are trying to outdo each other on those shows, be more outrageous than the next. And I don't find that on our show. Our show is that chat show. That is the beauty of our show. It's just a living, breathing, nice conversation over a beer or a cup of tea. And uh, it, it, that translates. And I, I, I would put it up against, you know, any, any. Yeah, you're right. Those guys, they want to stay on the TV and that they have to be more outrageous than the last guy. Right. Um, and I see it all the time with football. It's like, you know, you, you win, you're the best team in the world. You lose, you're the worst. And that, that there, is, there, is a, in, there is a happy in between. And we know that from people, as people who have had fights. It's like, right. yeah, losing crushes your world, right? But you get up, you get off the canvas, you go and fight again. And that's, that's, that's the process. Right. Well, you know, one of, one of my favorite choices was the Locke Lloyd show. Locke, I, I, you've known Locke, obviously, much longer than I have. And I, I, he's got great insight, smart guy. And, um, and is always fascinating to talk to. And I just thought that was a real fun 
show ball busting and having a good time with that show so but he, he he's one of my favorite guys that show was actually in 2017 so you're not allowed to mention it ah, <laughs> this is, this yeah, is a 2018 review yo what no, but it still counts because that was just a couple months in the year. So I'm counting back as far as that. So, so it doesn't matter. That then we need to have him in 2019. Then you know, definitely, definitely bring him back. Of course, you know we had Tim Tackett, who I've interviewed several times throughout the years on different configurations of Primal Radio, and we've known for decades now. And and, and Tim is always got great insight on Jake. And in life, he's a very smart guy, very likable guy. He's now working on his final book in Jake Day. I went and saw the farewell tour of the Stones back in the 80s. Well, they still haven't fucking retired yet. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, Tim yeah. Tackett. You know, he, you know, he's sort of retired, but he's sort of not. You know, maybe we'll get up on stage one more time. Maybe we won't, you know, but it's going to cost you a hundred bucks <laughs> to go see him. So, but t- so he's working on his last book and uh, the final editing, I think, of the stage. Do you know anything more about that? I, I don't. I just think that was. Uh, so I've reached out to him a few times. Like, when's the book coming out? We want to get you on the show before it comes out. And they were doing the photos for it last time I spoke to the guys. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> no, I know what I was going to say. Do you ever retire from martial... You know, you're a martial artist. It's sort of like, if, if, if it's a way of life, do you ever just, like, truly walk away from that and hang up your boots? And I don't think no, you can. No, I don't think I could. I, I've actually thought about that. When I've decided... A couple of times, I've entertained the idea of just going on. Now, these are just thoughts. I don't own them. It's just something like, you know what? Maybe at some point in time, I'll just go to another career path, another another lifestyle, whatever it might be. Would I revisit it? Would I need to have that 100% complete cutoff from it? Could I just stick my toe in the water? I don't think I could. I think I'm an all or nothing kind of dude. You are. Right. So I'm in it or picking potatoes or something. You know, I don't. But also like Mick, you were saying like about Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger. Is Mick Jagger really going to go and like, you know, to re- retirement home and play bingo for the rest of his life? He's not. Oh. He's gonna, or, 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 or pick something else up. He's, you know, see. It's a way of life. What most people have, there's, there's that difference between a job and a career. Right. And a job is something you do and you turn up. And my dad always asked my friend Michael, like, you know, oh, how's, how's the work going? Michael fixes trains. He doesn't love it. He just It's just a job to him. Sure, it makes a paycheck. Yeah, and then other people, obviously, it's a career. It's, it becomes like a lifestyle. It's a journey for them. And, of course, that's what they want to talk about because it, it, it's part of who they are and it defines them. You're effectively on a career, although you're an entrepreneur, so it's a bit different. But yeah, I heard an interesting quote when you listen to all these pundits and these kind of guys that are expert life coaches or whatever they are. And, and I don't know who said it, where, where the quote was that I saw, but it said, salary is the uh, ransom you pay for giving up your dream. I said, Ooh, that's deep, man. That's a hard line because, you know, there are people who, by the way, and it's very respectful, have that job, like fixing the trains, you know, or becoming, you know, a school teacher or whatever it is and, and have very successful careers and are very happy. And it's just something they do. It doesn't define them and they take care of their family very well. My father was very much that guy. You know, my dad had a job. He started at the bottom, worked his way to the top of the food chain. He hated his job. He had to travel an hour into New York City, work a 10-hour day and travel an hour to two hours, depending on the traffic, you know, the, the trains and stuff back. So pretty much he was gone from 6 o'clock in the morning to 6 at night, 7 at night, five days a week, and then he had to travel. He hated every second of it. He did that for like 35 years, you know, and then he retired, and he retired with a pension and, and 
did very well for himself, but he did what was necessary to feed the family, you know? And for a lot of those years, we didn't have any money. You know, it wasn't until later on in his career that he got it. But so I get that too. So I'm not dissing anybody by any stretch of the imagination, but who goes out and works for lack of a better word, a regular job. People get into this habit of like saying like, as if like being an entrepreneur is the only answer. You know, a lot of people go out and they love whatever job they do and they love whatever career they do. And my parents were both teachers. My my experience of, of teachers and everyone has an experience of teachers because we all went to school at least at least for some time was those great teachers, they used to have an advertising campaign in the UK saying, you know, you never forget your your, your best teacher or something like that. And you don't because they're, they're, they're fantastic human beings that get the best out of you. And right. they turn up and they probably plan what they're going to do. And then they, they go the extra mile and they do all, that other, all those other things. And then such is the way the public sector is in the UK. You'd have the other side of the t- of teachers where, you know, they come in, they, they despise the kids, they despise the work they're doing, they're just there for the paycheck. That's the alternative. One thing, Jack Welsh, who was the former CEO of um, General Electric, what he used to do is he used to fire the bottom 10% performing staff members. And he used right. to get a lot of criticism for this. And what he said was basically, if a kid is shit at tennis, for example... Why would you force them to keep doing tennis, keep doing tennis? You know, they might hate tennis, but, you, you know, you, do you think you're giving them some sort of life lesson by forcing them down something that they don't like? But actually, by firing these people, you might force them towards something they do like. I've got found myself at times trapped in financial services because it pays reasonably well. Sure. But I would rather be doing something like what you're doing, etc. Because I, I am not in finances. <laughs> I am... A working dog. It is an interesting, right? Interesting. But anyway, so, you know, we had, so I'll talk, here's, so our list of guests for she's the show, we had what was, what was, we've had Hawk, we've had Tackett, we've had John Potenza. Mike Blackgrave was a great guest, man. He was interesting. He was on our show twice on two different. Really entertaining. Yeah. Really yeah. entertaining. And I, I can't wait to have him on again. This guy's got views on everything. He's well thought of. He's, he's funny sack. We've had snake blocker. Um, Indian Apache, uh, who's just a tremendous knowledge in, in the history of the uh, of the culture and the arms and the fighting, and Mike Blash, who was um really one of the guys behind the scenes at the Wednesday night group. You know, he's the one who kind of makes it click with the Chinatown JKD Wednesday night group, the websites and all the production stuff. And he really enjoyed being on because it gave him a platform that he doesn't always get. He's a guy that likes to be in the background, much like Dennis Blue. But yes. there's a whole wealth of knowledge there. Tons. Um, and because he doesn't put himself to the front, we don't necessarily always get to see that. And we see it in sort of like written articles. But it, that, was, that was a really enjoyable show. And I think he really enjoyed being on. He did. He did. You know, we had uh, other guys like Eric Scheffler wouldn't be known in big circles. And he's the sheriff of Atlantic County in New Jersey. He's a, a lifetime martial artist, a, a terrific guy. Uh, he was a very entertaining guest, covered all kinds of things about self-defense. Dean Goldaddy, who's a Kaju uh, Kembo guy from Texas. Now we also had Helen LaCour on. Helen is a matchmaker for us at Primal uh, Fight Promotions and has been in the business for 10 years. A lot of t- stuff to say about the game. Matter of fact, we'll be getting our schedule out soon. We get the Primal Promotions for next year. So Helen will be busy as can be. Our Australian buddy, Nick Hughes, he was great, man. He had a lot of stuff to say, didn't he? So that was a real popular show. Really interesting stuff. I bought his book afterwards. Did you learn anything? <laughs> I, 
I, I learned a lot. I mean, for yeah. those people, that ha- for the listeners that haven't listened to it, so he's got a book called How to Be Your Own Bodyguard. Um, and esen- essentially, being a bodyguard is about managing risk. So it's not the exciting end of things most of the time, because if you do your job well, um, the exciting stuff just shouldn't happen. Um, right. So it gives you a kind of how-to guide, I guess, of, of how to avoid getting into fights and getting into trouble and kind of things, what what to look out for and how to be prepared. And that goes down to really small things. Say, for example, you know, you, you might wear flip-flops out when you go out the door or you could wear boots. Boots are going to give you a chance of running away or, you know, sneakers or whatever. They're going to give you a chance of running away. But if you're wearing flip-flops, you're in bare feet, then you might get into a situation like John McClane found himself in in the 1988 Nakatomi Plaza disaster right. where there's glass all over the floor, got in his feet, and um, he only just managed to uh, prevent um, a massive terrorist incident. <laughs> hey, so here's the question. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? 110% it is. <laughs> I agree. You, you you are so right. I never thought I'd say that, but you are right. Great movie. I have to watch that. I watch it every year because it is. But then we had a couple more buddies. We'll move on to what's going to happen next year. Mick Thornton, an old-time buddy, JKD guy. Um, Steven Phillips, uh, a four-time world kickboxing champion who um, I'm training for for another fight. Uh, actually, I put a clip up not long ago. If you look on Primal Radio and stuff, and I think you put it on uh, our yeah. Facebook. Uh, Steven and I training. That guy has got legs like tree trunks and can kick and punch. That particular combination. So my job, and John Barardi said, I got so much from John, I don't want to have to kiss his ass. But, uh, you know, how do you tra- how do you train at GSP? It's that 1% improvement. And that's exactly what I do with Steven or, or, or Terrence and some of these elite athletes I train. I'm just looking for these little incremental improvements. So I'm working on things that I think Steven would be good at that he never really exploited in the past, either – they just didn't find it to be necessary or they didn't see it. Maybe they didn't realize it. Who knows? So that particular combination, that overhand underhand, it's not, it's not a, it's a setup punch. It's a beautiful combination. It actually comes from old school boxing. I got books from like the twenties, 1920, 1910 from boxing showing these combinations, which are often combinations that have been lost and you, you revisit them to see if they work. But anyway, I thought that might work with Steven. And so we worked that combination and he just knocked the shit out of those pads. His body's built for that shot. And then, of course, come high with that high kick, which is the same kick he kicked me in the face with, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great clip, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've got to have that understanding of, of how a guy's body works. I mean, you see the beginning of that clip, and maybe he throws a couple of punches. And, and because he's such a muscular, heavy-set guy, right. you think... Well, he 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 wouldn't be able to kick, and then he just throws out these big high kick. So you've got to know how how that body's going to move when you're particularly muscular. So my job as a coach with someone like that is to kind of figure that out. That's why when he came in, we worked for a while just to see, if, like we talked about on the show, was it a love connection, so to speak? You know, could could that could it work out? Do we have the same goals in mind, and can can, can we work together as a team? You know, and that happens with a lot of fighters. I'm finding that's working more and more. Because, you know, and, and we even talked about a lot of the training, too, not thinking of stuff, just as end up talking, strategizing, bullshitting, and, and that's a big part of the process. Too. And then, of course, you know, our, we've, we mentioned John several times. John was an excellent guest, and he'll be back on next year. So all, all in all, it was a great year. Our, we, we, were, we started out the year on Hamilton Radio. That was our, our mothership, so to speak. 
and we've now moved on separately. Uh, they were great. It was a great jumping off point for us. They were fantastic. And then we decided to move on on our own and just stick with the podcast venue, not just the radio. And Tom, I got to give you your 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 due uh, that you, Tom did, does a lot of work behind the scenes and facilitating all those venues that we're on. He's up there tailpipe trying to make sure that all the connections, all the links are working. And that's an ongoing thankless job, as Tom reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> He's not shy going, Jesus Christ. It better him than me because it probably wouldn't get done. We'd be on uh, we'd be on a, a megaphone. That would be about it if it was up to me. So, Tom, I appreciate that. So, and it's going to make the station go. We've gotten, by the way, reviews, and I wish I had brought them today with me. You know, I, a lot of great positive feedback for our, our year. You know, um, overall, love the, the format of the show, the conversation, the lightheartedness of the show. There is no real direction to the show. <laughs> that there, you know, but I mean by that is there is a direction. We do know what we want to ask in our minds and on a piece, piece of paper. Thomas, as we talked about multiple times, is more organized in that facet than me. But they like the ebbs and flows of the show. That one second we could be talking about fighting and somehow something comes up and we are, we'll address it and go down that go down that road. And it just becomes very natural. The feedback I got was like they were listening in on someone's conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you've always made the point that the conversation between us has been very natural. We obviously yeah. shared kind of similar interests etc etc i guess when it comes to the guests i've I've tried to sort of understand them give them give them a platform to say whatever they want they can take the interview in in whatever direction they want which is maybe a bit different i mean this whole podcast thing is really interesting just breaking off for a second because traditionally you would have a radio station you'd have to be a radio station operator you have to have a license you're kind of decentralizing the ability to create content to everyone in the world. Like everyone in the world could have their own podcast if they wanted, just like everyone in the world could, and and in my opinion, should write a book at one time in their lives, right? But that creates its own challenges because if there's so much content out there, how do you get it to people? How do you get it recognized as being better than the other content that's out there? Right. And, um, you know, who are you? What are you all about? And I think we've got quite kind of quite a clear view we we aren't specialized in that we're not focusing just on boxing or just on mma or just on a particular martial art although there's been allegations we've had too much jkd on here right. <laughs> i've heard that um and uh you know it, it's light-hearted it's of the style as if we're having a having a pint but i do want to tr- kind of try and understand these guys do some research you know show them some respect uh we we were having the debate around we're trying to get a big guest on at the moment and like whether we we have a organized list of questions we send them or not anyway that was never got quite (laughs) it never got answered well did it i I don't right and and we'll flesh this out right because i don't think you should give away the whole thing i mean i think you get this is where the direction the interview is going to be these would be some of the questions but i don't want to lock yourself into talking anywhere like you said the guests should be able to take that show in any direction that they want to take it you know through our, our, through that conversation someone might say something that might seem innocent and then i go i'm able to go oh wait a minute what did you just say let's go down that path very much how i teach a seminar <laughs> yeah it's like, like okay and, and they'll tell now nah, i don't want to talk about that now. they're talking about we're not going to we're a very nice, clean show. It's really about them and stuff. But the show should be that not so formatted. Wait a minute, we must talk about your socks. You know, uh, yeah. 
I have a friend uh, called Sam who lives in Australia now, and I've kind of slightly lost touch with him. But he, we used to work together and go go for lunch and that. And he said, with me, with women, he goes, you need to be more mysterious. You give, you tell him everything. You tell him everything that's on on your mind. You, you hold some more stuff back. But it's totally alien to me. My, my style is I'll just say whatever the fuck I'm thinking. Right, me too. It works great. Well, I think it does in terms of like, I wouldn't say I was particularly popular at school, but I've got a lot of friends now. And it's like, they might not agree with everything I say, but they know I'm going to say stuff. And Lack always says, you know, you'll say a load of stuff, as in I will, right. that he would never say. But it just, it, it's kind of like, it comes into my head, I'll say it. But people therefore know where they stand. They know what you're thinking. And I right. think there's a benefit to that. And I'm trying to, with my team at the new office, I'm trying to like get them to be open about whether they're happy with things. I'm already having like, you know, few political issues where, you know, someone's unhappy right. with this. And it's a challenge. And I'm looking forward to working through that. Yeah, right. It is, it is interesting. But anyway, so overall, great year. Now, this year, now I have a list of potential guests you want to go over this. These are just some, I got a big list. These are some of the people that, I have reached out to and we'll be reaching out. Do we want to expose this list, do you think, or why not? Yeah, give a bit of thinking. I mean, look, they might all say no to us, but we're trying to think big. We're trying to get bigger and better guests on. Right. So I have a couple different categories that I want to touch on this year. And these are just some of this is not everybody. This is a microcosm of this gigantic list. So one would obviously be Danny Inasano, who's Bruce Lee's protege. Dan DeSanto, uh, you know, everyone who's listening to us knows exactly who he is. Paul Vanak was a pioneer in this, and Jake Hitty with the DVDs. He's, he's had a heck of a story. Eric Paulson, who's like, just knows every karate move known to man. Like, he'll go, there's four ways to do this. A guy named Rick Tucci, who's very, is, was one of the top guys on her in DeSanto, who I personally trained with 25 years ago, and we connected again a couple years back. Just kind of remained you know, friendly. And, uh, he would be, he's got a wealth of information, tons and tons of stuff. Super, super talented guy named Lauren Christensen. He's an author, was a martial artist. He's a cop. He's written tons of books on martial arts and self-defense. I think he's would be extraordinarily interesting. I would like to interview this year and we'll see. And I think we'll, this will come to fruition is Linda Ali and Shannon Lee. Uh, I've met with both of them and on several occasions and spoke with them. And I think there would be interesting interviews. Now, I think the interview outside of just interviewing them about Bruce, which is obviously they've done what? 10,000 times. Yeah. Right. Learn a little bit about them. Cause what do you know about Linda Lee outside? She was married to Bruce. I totally agree. And it'd be, it'd be interesting to know about more about that kind of, you know, when she was training, because obviously she was training with him. Right. Bob Bremer had said uh, in there's a YouTube interview of Bob Bremer where he's talking about, you know, Beethoven. And he's calling, said, you know, if everyone, if anyone remembers us 20 years from now, because of it'll be because of Bruce Lee. And he talked about Beethoven in this in this scenario. But it's true because he never imagined this was just some Chinese kid he knew who he trained, who thought was super talented, never thought anything of it after that. And 20 years later, people are seeking him out and interviewing him about what his interactions were with Bruce Lee. It's kind of fascinating, right? You never know, right? And then another guy, John Little, who actually authored several books on Bruce Lee. I believe John Little was married to Linda Lee. And um, he had access to all the notes and he organized and wrote some of the best uh, Bruce Lee books, I believe, that are out on the market. So I have interest in interviewing him. I have not reached out to him. As far as combat athletes go, uh, locally I have a couple of real good guys. Frankie Edgar 
he'll be on the show. A- MMA champion, great guy, super talented. Another guy you haven't heard of yet, but he is. You will see him in the UFC. His name is Sydney Outlaw. Sydney's got a, a tremendous story. He was just at my last MMA show, and he was homeless. And he's going to work his way up to F- Fu Chain. Fantastic guy. Another guy, Kieran Jacob, who's really kind of interesting. He won the Catches Catch Can World Championship at Primal Gym this past June. He was the smallest guy in the competition and out and beat everybody, fought everybody. I think he fought five guys, five minutes, five five-minute rounds each. He was tremendous condition. Amazing. Broke yeah. his arm in the final bout. You know, so he, and, and there's a lot of politics in catch wrestling, which originally it wasn't, but it just seems to be that's going on. I don't know if he wants to touch on that or I care. But anyway, so another guy who I'm a big fan of, and it was very, and I threw this out at Tom, and Tom goes, oh, we'll never get him. <laughs> and I said, way to stay positive. Is we Tyson Fury. I want to get Tyson Fury on the show. He's got a hell of a story. No, yeah, but I, I identify with him, and I think that he's like the new, he's the people's champion, the lineal champ. People love this guy now because of the demons that he had to deal with. And that, in, in the fight game especially, coming back from adversity is a big deal. Having the shit kicked out of you, not only in the ring perhaps, which you never did, but in life. And coming back from a place he was and literally being fucking knocked out in the 12th round and getting up and winning that round, in my opinion, or making it a draw, uh, was extraordinary. Uh, but I plan on getting him on the show no matter what Tom says. <laughs> yeah i mean look, look, look I, I i've loved his interviews recently right they're awesome he's always been an amazing character and maybe maybe a little bit of a little bit too much of a joker in the past you know to, to the extent right. where people couldn't take him seriously suddenly right. it becomes like world champion out of the blue against the odds you know you refer to it as a rocky story in terms right. of him turning things around and you went through a bit of depression uh, earlier in the year I think arguably I did as well but <laughs> um and I think I think you know it, it is inspiring to see people who've turned that around no it is it is and I, I think he'll be interesting if we could perhaps get him on that uh, you know on the show there's some other local boxers here I want to get speaking of Rocky one of the guys who's rather interesting is a guy named Chuck Webner the Chuck Webner he uh was the Bay known as the Bayonne bleeder from North Jersey now he fought Muhammad Ali in the early seventies, maybe I forget the exact year it was. It was the great white hope and was the inspiration for Rocky. And yeah. he had actually yeah. been in a lawsuit with Sylvester Stallone for years as to the, you know, his take in that and Sylvester Stallone always denied it. Eventually the case was settled uh, for an undisclosed amount of money to Chuck Webner with no, no parties admitting fault or winning, you know, how that works, you know, to cover yeah. the, each of their ass. But he's, uh, He's very involved in boxing. He's up in North Jersey. Uh, I'd love to have him right down to the gym and in the studio, so to speak, here. But he's an interesting guy. There's a great documentary on Chuck Webner on ESPN. You can check out on Netflix. And another guy like Bernard Hopkins is a local guy. They're local guys. It's more for the boxing fans. But they they have interesting stories. Like Bernard Hopkins was actually in jail for a number of years. I learned how to box in Greaterford in Philadelphia. And then turned his life completely around to be arguably one of the greatest middleweight champions of ever. You know, so he would be a great guest. And then we have the next topic. Are you with me, Tom? Or are you going to sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm fascinated. Keep them yeah, coming. Fa- oh, yeah, I can tell. Self-help here. We're scheduled to have David Goggins on. Unfortunately, he's 
really booked right now. He's got a new book out that just came out. Tom, did you read the book yet? My family does like a secret Santa with another family, and it's like you have to put down what you want, and that's that's one of the things that I put down. Okay, okay. So I haven't got it yet. I know it came out on the fourth, but right, no, no, right. So um, they will be on the show. I spoke to his publicist, I guess, and but he just won't be available in the in the next month or so because of uh, obviously going to bigger, badder shows as of right now. That will change though. So we also have this woman goes good to be on the show. Her name is Jamie Hope. Uh, she's a, wrote a, a a book on the habit that and how to change your habits and and make good habits get rid of bad habits. A gentleman interested in having on is Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker from Detroit. Fantastic YouTube. This guy, look up Eric Thomas. He is something else. That guy knows how to get you motivated to kill. Yeah, yeah, so to speak, to kill it. Beast mode, Nick. This guy, Nick. I cannot pronounce it. Wojcik, I believe his name is. Now you may have seen this guy on YouTube. He's got no arms and legs, and he's a very inspirational speaker, and is really pretty fascinating. Guy's got an incredible story, um, but uh, we're going to try to have him on the show. A guy named Dan Millen, who's an author, of martial arts, self help guy. He's fantastic. This guy named Mark Manson, who authored a book, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and that alone just interests me. <laughs> I haven't read the book yet, but it is on my to do list. I have a bunch of books I'm in the process of reading. Uh, and when we get to goals, I'll cover that. Uh, Rhonda Byrne, who wrote The Secret like 10, 15 years ago. A guy named Chris Bell, another guy I want to get on the show. Now, he directed uh, two of my favorite documentaries, one called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. You've seen that, right, Tom? I, I loved it, although it did make me want to do steroids and it get massive. Right, get massive. Yeah, and it, it's very fascinating stories. A couple, uh, the story of him and his family are, you know, three brothers living in Long Island, New York, growing up and and the, and the life story about becoming bigger stronger faster and, and and the things that come along with doing steroids in that lifestyle and then another one which was a follow-up sort of to it called prescription thugs which is a great bashing of the uh, pharmaceutical companies and what they have available on it and last but not least on my short list is a guy named stanley Steele. now i know stan personally he is a Jersey boy. He is one of the strongest men in the world. This guy, if you look him up, he could bend a penny, an American penny, in his fingers. Bend it. The incredible strength this guy. I've seen him do it in person. I have a bar, which is it's a gigantic piece of iron that's on the wall in the gym. that He, he didn't bend that particular one, but that was a size bar that he would bend. There's a documentary on him called Strongman, which is an interesting documentary on his life, done about 10 years ago, and the challenge of being that guy and trying to make it in showbiz. Yeah, but it was fascinating. It was some, some interesting people that we're hopefully have on in 2019. Plus, of course, you know, just Tom and I are our usual bullshit chatting shows. When, uh, yeah, when we need guests. to do more of them. You think so? Why is that? Is that the feedback? Or is this well, I don't need to get as high listeners as, as some of the other shows. But in terms of, oh, people always come up to me and go, I really enjoy the ones with, you know, you guys just talking. And I guess that's, the, look, those are the people that I know personally. So um, they, they know you generally. They, they, they certainly know me. Right. They do get, they do get a lot of likes. <laughs> there are great shows. And we do have insight. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. It's not always, by the way, on our show, it's not always about the guest. It's about the topic and the, it being interesting no matter who's on the show. You know, that, of course, Agreed. might draw something in, but the show should always be interesting. Um, but it was it was a great, great year for for Primal Radio. And uh, next year, it'll even be bigger and better. And oh, look, check out our website if you had in primalradio.net, which Tom 
It did tremendous work. I do have some questions about that site off the air for you. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a start. Think... Look, it's a start. No, no, it's no. Not... It looks good. I have no issue. It's a great site, but there was something you had changed, and I was trying to figure out why you changed it. But uh, we'll talk about that another time. So the next thing is, Tom, did you have anything you want to add to that or no? No. Well, I mean, look, I've got a list of guests as well that I need to reach out to. Yep. I've kind of mentioned some of them back in show three about right. a year ago. So there's still there's still a whole host of people that I haven't managed to get on the show yet. Um, and they'll be coming soon. Right. And here's the challenge with getting guests. There's more than, oh, you know, is you have to find someone that is a, a topic that we're interested in, that they think this venue would be good for them, allow them to you know promote their product or themselves or whatever they're doing. Or that they're just a friend and want to come in. But also there's a lot of scheduling. You know, it has to fit within the schedule. We do a show that goes all over the world. Obviously, we have Doc Watson, who's in, you know, Japan. So we got to coordinate all this stuff. And Tom does a great job getting all these, this thing to happen. I pretty much come, come into the, to the studio. They do my hair and makeup, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> and Tom is doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So he's truly underappreciated. When was the last time you had hair? Someone um, was asking me this the other day. Really? That's yeah, funny. is there a photo of Jim with hair anywhere? I do have photos. I, I should say, I will put up a couple photos on, on uh, of me with hair from the 80s. It's so funny. But no, I, I did not. But let's go back to this. I did not lose my hair. Uh, what happened was I had short hair like you, Tom. Very Cut very short, right? So I would high and tight, you know, and, and before that I had long hair like down my back, you know. I had an earring. I was, I was very, I was very cool looking. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, around 1999, 2000, I, uh, I was, I was spending like fucking 20 bucks every other week to have my yeah. hair cut, you know, with a tip. And it was like, this is ridiculous. My wife at, at the time, who's, um, uh, <laughs> who uh, has the long, you know, black, beautiful black hair. Down her back was spending less money on her hair than I was on my little fucking, you know, bowl cut. So I said, screw it. I'm going to goddamn cut it off. So I go, I go to the, the, you know, I get the razor blade. I get the cream, you know, I shave in my head. And Jesus Christ, if you've never shaved your head, it's a challenge. There's all, I got a lot of bumps and caverns and you know, I got <laughs> yeah. this shit on my head. It looked like I was fucking Frankenstein. My head's bleeding. Like nonstop. Have you ever cut your face shaving? <laughs> On the top of your head, there's blood dripping down my face, like uncontrollably, <laughs> you know. And, and, and you know, there's you know what it's, what's called a steptic pencil or skip. Yeah, it, it's like salt. Uh, you put salt on it, and it's okay. oh my god, it hurts like a motherfucker. You put you know, it stops the bleeding. Yeah. Didn't work, but so I shave my head, and my head is as white as the wind-driven snow. It is like never seen daylight since I was an infant, you know. Like, what the fuck? I'm ugly enough. Now I got a fucking bald white head, you know? Go wait. And knowing that there's gashes in it, you know? I'm thinking, arguably, I needed to go to the fucking hospital to get stitches. So that was the genesis of that. And then I kind of grew into this look, yeah, so to speak. And so I, I did that. I grew the beard, the goatee. My head healed up, you know, through rehab, you know? <laughs> I had to go to therapy, you know? But it all healed up. And so it has been 18 years since yeah. I've had hair on my head. And I've a couple of times thought about growing it out. Well, like I'll let it go like three days maybe without shaving my head. And it and I still have to shave my head every day. Literally, I shave my head. I might let it go two or three, but it, it becomes a big project 
I know we're giving beauty secrets on how to shave your head, where it's just so much work. It kills the razor blade. At $20 a razor blade in the U.S., you know, it's filled with hair. You can't get the hair out. So it's it's easier to shave it, you know, then I cocoa butter it up, and then I'm beautiful. So that's how it works. <laughs> that is how. That is my beauty secret. So I do shave. Yeah. Thank God I don't have to shave my legs or my chest. So that was it. Um <laughs> What I've got another. I've got another random question for you. So you've you've had quite an interest in life, right? If that's what if they had to make like a movie, who would yeah. who would play Jim McCann? Who could like sort of do that role? Do you reckon? <laughs> Chris Farley, <laughs> but he's dead. <laughs> well, that, that's not going to happen, then, is it? That's not going to happen. Who would? I there would be nobody who can who can play me. It would be a tough. It'd be a tough one. I don't think anyone could do it. I, you know, De Niro, who knows? I, I, th- I think Keanu Reeves would do a good Tom McGraw. I think you're right. He basically just does John Wick. But John Wick, <laughs> with you're a John shorter Wick. haircut. Right. <laughs> That's all you'd have to do. I don't know. Maybe Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go to Primal Fight Promotions. This year, all right, so a number of years ago, I promoted MMA in uh, – Philadelphia, a handful of shows. I opened up a gym in Jersey. I did a, a bunch of amateur boxing shows, did not form a, a promotion fight company. And then an opportunity arose with a business partner to f- form and create last October of 2017 to form and create primal fight promotions of which, you know, we created, we put on uh, two MMA shows this year, a couple of boxing shows uh, this year. And that was it. We, we purposely did it small. The MMA shows, which is the toughest thing, you have to get certified by the State Athletic Commission. All these things have to happen for you to do all this. Put on two hugely successful shows, which were met with praise from not only the State Athletic Commission, the venues, the fighters, the fans. Everyone seemed to love the show. So we grew the company this year. So what we're going to do is in 2019, holy shit, we put in our dates. The dates should be tomorrow, uh, meaning they, the state we get the dates approved by the state, the venues, and the state should give us those dates tomorrow. We should have five MMA events in 2019, maybe six, five in Jersey, one in PA. The plan is to put on four boxing shows, uh, amateur shows, and I'm I'm serving up my license for a pro-am uh, professional boxing promotion license as well. So I'm going to do a pro-am card as well, which is a big whole other hit. You'll hear all about this. Yeah, going to miss it. Also, kickboxing, Muay Thai events, and grappling events, like grappling submission fight tournaments events or, or, or ones that would be in the cage or just in the ring. That it, that still has to come together. Anyway, the long and short of it is, it looks, if everything, if I hit everything, cross every T and dot every I, it looks like I could potentially put on 16 events this year. That's huge. <laughs> so, I'll be a busy man. If I wasn't busy before, I'll be busy later. And, and all those different things, I have, I've put people in place and I've grown it. Got to talk to it different people to make things happen. We put together a team of people, so on and so forth. Huge undertaking. I'm very excited for it, though, to make it happen. Uh, but a lot has happened in that. We'll see. So if th- that all goes to play to fruition this year, 2020, watch out, because that's when uh, we'll be at the next level. That's where we're going. Any questions, Tom? <laughs> the size of that ambition is quite huge. Yeah, it's quite huge. I mean, like, you're... You know, when you take away holidays and all that kind of thing, you're probably doing one almost every two weeks. That seems pretty crazy. 
It's a lot. I, well, that's what on paper that's the big goal. Yeah. Now whether we're there's all right. So you know, would you be better off just say just doing the boxing and the MMA and dropping the kickboxing and now there's there's a there's a method to my madness. We're doing some of all those events, a minimum of five MMA events. It, it'll vary on the kickboxing and grappling events to somewhat. The goal is that. Is that achievable? Yes. Will it happen? I doubt it. So right? shoot for the so stars and you to- might just hit the sky. That's what I hear. And so you go so we do we're gonna do all this stuff and all those events will happen as to the exact numbers, I don't know. But you have to plan out a year in advance. You put all your everything in a row, you all your ducks in a row, get everything set to go and make it happen. So that's what I'm in the process of doing in every waking moment of the day of the day now, outside of preparing for primal radio and teaching and doing all that other stuff. This is what I'm doing. In the end, what's realistic is probably ten. Right. Ten or twelve. Right. But I know that. But that's a goal. Like, can that happen? Cool. I'm open. I'm prepared. I'm prepared for that to happen because opportunity rises. And am I going to be ready to jump on it if it does? Because there are some opportunities there. That's why I put out potential 16. So that's the goal. And uh, now, venues. What, what, what are your plans in terms of venues? There'll be venues in the Atlantic City, of course. Uh, a variety of ca- casinos, which we're I mean, negotiating with, discussing and fleshing out all the details. Now, the details cannot be fleshed out 100 percent until I get the actual dates from the state of New Jersey. That's what holds up those. And you see what I'm saying? So if I want to have it at the Tropicana where we had oh, the JKD camp or the primal camps right in the past, I need to give them a date to make sure that that date is open for me to do that cool. and that they agree to that date. So that's why they're not locked in. Uh, there'll be probably a couple at the local school, like we did for the last event, which is a smaller venue, much more cost efficient for us. Some will be actually here in Primal Gym, of which we can hold 500 people in the gym for an event, which is an event. And they'll be coming a couple in Pennsylvania as well, which will be other casinos and other venues that we have and I've negotiated with and spoke with. Um, I even went and sat and talked to an arena, a big arena that would seat 10, 000, up to 10,000 people. Uh, we're not there yet. But I've made the connections and I've spoken to people far above my paid grade uh, to have these conversations to open up those doors because you have to be working ahead. You cannot be going, okay, now we're going to do it. So when you look at these, this schedule and all that thing, I have a calendar of everything's months in advance, you know? So that's how that works. But I'm pretty excited about it. It was a good show. The shows that we had, we did a real good year, move up the food chain a little bit and 2020 watch out. And the reason, for by the way, all that is because you can come to our promotion company, and you you can have athletes and but who do MMA, who just do Muay Thai, who might just be boxer, who just compete in submission fighting, and we have all those available to you. So it's a good organization. It comes to all fields, of course. Then you develop relationships with these schools or these coaches and these athletes. You put on a top-notch, professionally well-produced show, and they're more likely to continue to participate and support your show. Right. Right, so it's a bigger picture where one guys are just a boxing event stuff like that, and it's tough too because like this is a dirty business. I'm looking to do some professional boxing, and I've been speaking to some other promoters. Might partner up with some guys. I I I can't even say yet what goes on behind the scenes because you would you'd be shocked. Yeah. And what you learn. Yeah, right. When you get yeah. some yeah, right, like oh my god, really? That's how it is. You know, but that's so that's it for that. But I'm pretty excited for that. I don't want to spend the whole show on this because we got to get to ours. We go with a lot of shit here. Yeah. Primal Gym, great year in the first loca- year, our new location. We had good, steady growth. 
Uh, the challenge for me in the gym, and we've talked about this multiple occasions, is balancing between being a fight gym, a hardcore gym, and also being a gym that's good for the person just looking to be in shape and who's just a hobbyist. Right. You know, the, the guy just wants to do JKD once a week, and he's okay that he sucks. He's okay with me. <laughs> you know, that's a tough line to dance. Can you dance that line? I bet you can. How, how do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were saying you'd work that out. I'm working. I'm working. It's always a balance. Like, how do I get the, which I am getting more and more real good fighters in, and it, and then have that person work with the guy or girl who just comes in who just wants to do it for fun and get in shape yeah, and make it uh, productive for both. It is quite the dance. I do, uh, I got to tell you, I do a great job of it, but it's n- never ending. I'll, t- I'll you know? tell you an interesting one I heard today and it's sl- slightly off topic, but I think you'll find it interesting. So someone telling me about a, a business partner uh, who's setting up a new kind of gym franchise in the UK. What they're doing right. is it's all driven off apps right so it's all it's all technology driven so you go and you spend five minutes on each station and uh you might do boxing and it's giving you a score so like depending on how hard you hit the pads or how fast you hit the pads you're getting metrics on basically how you're performing then you go to the next station maybe you do something else like press-ups or something like that and you're you're uh you know it's counting how many press-ups you do maybe monitoring your form i don't I, i don't know all the details and what was quite interesting about this, what they were saying is you can start the class every six minutes, right? So that thing of like maybe going at lunchtime, you have to go from 12.30 to 1.30. Right. That all goes out the door. You, you're kind of like operating right. on your own time frame, albeit, you know, res- restricted by these five-minute windows. Anyway. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I never heard of that. that is, that's kind of an interesting. It's, it's, it's new cutting-edge shit. Right. And he invented this? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and, and who's he going to sell to me? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess how you achieve your results, you have advanced beginner mixed, you know, that, that's what right. most, that's what most martial arts schools do around full-time martial arts schools do around my area. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> anyway. I don't know either. Ah, that's great. All right. Now do you have, what you need to do now here on the show is put on the drum roll. Cause now I can't do that very good, but you can probably, plug that in and it's our personal goals for for this year did you have personal goals for 2018 uh oh yes we i mean we talked about that a lot i I don't remember what they were and we had a big debate around (laughs) so that's never (laughs) a good sign tom you're supposed to know check your goals up right i don't know what the fuck my goals were i mean so there were new year's resolutions that went nowhere we had a whole debate you and i about the merit of goals and you were kind of saying look what most people do is they say well well, let's I'll start on January the 1st you were like start now why would you wait till January the 1st I mean and then I think sure. we were talking to someone else about that and they were saying look you know it's whatever helps you so if if if, if starting on a set date works for you then then they'd advocate it that uh, Mike Gillette's show Mike Gillette's a strong man I think it was episode 16 really good one worth worth a listen um he's achieved a lot and he was talking about goals and the merits of goals for me, I've I've looked, I've read books on setting goals, like Brian Tracy stuff, um, and I've I've uh, done some training on setting goals, which was a kind of, I, I think might come from Anthony Robbins or something like that. But it was it's a sort of Christmas tree formation where you set goals in the areas yeah. of health, wealth, happiness, and love. 
um, and you set them sort of in the hierarchy of the Christmas tree, you set them something you can do this week, three things you're going to do in the next month, two things you're going to do in three to six months, and one thing you're going to do by the end of the year. And the idea is then obviously that by the end of the year, you've got 52 of these things that you're going to do in a week, and you've hopefully got a load of stuff you managed to do in, in a month, etc, etc. And I, I, it's, quite, it's quite a good good system that, that I'd advocate. That said, the trouble with all these things is always sticking to stuff. So um, Right. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> well, if, if you're saying that, there's not a lot of point in us having a section on goals, is there? Uh, no, no, no. I'm just, I mean, the option. I, right. So, first of all, yes, I do have goals, and I do have it in my head, and I, I, I get the process of doing all that. I think sometimes, for example, we're always getting ready to get ready. Right. So always preparing to work out. We're always preparing to go on a diet. We're doing all this stuff. God damn, just do it. Yeah. You know, know? there's such a thing as uh, uh, paralysis by analysis, you know. So these apps, I find myself, that's what happens to me. I have to plug in my food. I have to plug in my workout. Oh, now I have to meditate. Now I have to, you know, do this. You know, holy shit. You know, then you're spending more time worried about that app. And if you're going to plug in what you've done, you know, than getting any work done. That's what I find happens to me. I see that when I train guys and those motherfuckers have those goddamn heart monitors on their hands, right? That what is it, the iPhone shit that goes back and tells you your heart rate and stuff like that, right? You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 right. I don't know what they're even called. And every second they're fucking looking at this thing. I don't need one of those to tell me that I'm about to vomit, right? And that I'm working hard. I don't know what they're monitoring. They're spending more time doing that, checking their messages than doing what they need to do, which is push-ups, sit-ups, or eating right or whatever. So that is – therein lies the challenge for me. Um, I think they do have benefits, I, I guess, but I think sometimes we're just more concerned with what that little app sends at the end of the day if we accomplish our goals. You'll know if you accomplish your goals or not, Yeah, I think. But I do have goals, and I do write them down at some level. I do have ideas when I do, but a lot of my, I find greater success saying this is what I'm going to do it by and just laying that they, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe there is science that's saying writing it down makes, does, you have a higher success rate, but I'm wondering if I'm wasting all my time writing it down and never looking at it again, <laughs> like I do with my martial arts notes. Do you write them down? Brian Tracy's book, Goals, that said, like, people who set goals are, are scientifically proven to be much more successful than those who don't. And those who write them down Absolutely. outperform those that um, just, you know, verbally set them. So, uh, yeah, I have I have done the process of writing them. I have also found the frustration of not hitting them. I think some things are easier to achieve than others. And, and maybe you should set more goals like that. But then equally, maybe you should go really ambitious. I don't know. Right. I'll probably cut that little last section out. <laughs> I haven't put enough thought into it, but definitely writing stuff down is, is a worthwhile thing. Have I written down my ones for next year? No, not really. My prep for this show is I kind of wrote down what's actually happened this year, which was quite an interesting, interesting journey and a few things I want to work on for next year. So in terms of my New Year's resolutions, which I haven't set any, I've just, I'm just thinking about some of the stuff that I want them to encompass. One is... I've got this new job and I've maybe not had a job like this since like about 2015 where I'm managing a team and I, I've got really, really heavy workloads. So prioritization therefore becomes very important. I want to sort of try and grow those individuals and I want to 
become better at things like managing my inbox. So, you know, where I don't leave work on a Friday with 200 emails in my inbox, which I did on, which I did on Friday. So that I'm going to set some sort of things around that, that working, working stuff and sort of embed myself in that. I've, I've always had these dreams and aspirations to go off and do other things. And some of those things haven't worked out. So I'm actually just going to like sort of plow myself into work a little bit more um, in 2019 and sort of see where that takes me. I'm going to try and become a morning trainer. So as I've said, I've signed up for these British military fitness classes. That gives me Monday and Friday training. And then I need to do something similar on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Stretching, I need that to incorporate that into my regime and make some dietary changes because... For the first time in my life this year, I'm getting injuries that just don't go away. So I've seen a physio the last two weekends for, again, the first time ever around long-term nagging injuries. So that that's something I want to work on. Martial arts-wise, I've got my senior black belt in Rapid Arnis in May. So that, that will be effectively completing that system. And I guess groundwork would be the logical thing I want to work on thereafter. A bit more shooting training, etc., so there's a list of stuff from me um, and that doesn't really touch on things like love, happiness, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I need to sort of apply myself to dating and meeting a good woman in the same way as I do to my training. Uh, yeah, maybe. That was long-winded. I think Go on, what, what, what's your list? <laughs> oh, I don't have a list. No, I do. So here's what it is. So, you know, I had, so let's go back because I do want to revisit, by the way, our show after I had fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> so I want to kill love, <laughs> love the way you've turned that short of the glory of God. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back and not today, but I want to revisit that on that anniversary of that day. And there's all reason why, but, but, but I had to talk to t- I, I battled some demons that kind of got the best of me in 2018 early on and have come back, uh, uh, through a whole host of reasons for loving friends and family uh, uh, and, uh, you know, a, a desire to make that change. And uh, rather interesting. I learned a couple of things this year on that uh, through our life, through suffering, through depression and stuff. And some's real, you know, real biological. Sometimes stuff just hits you and you, you have no control, but you do have a, a certain amount of control of stuff, you know, and there's a great quote by Eckhart Tolle who wrote The Power of Now, and I may or may not have said this on one of the shows, is that said suffering is necessary until we realize it is unnecessary. And I, and I took that and I said, wow, that quote resonated with me to a deeper level. Do you, did you get that quote, Tom? Yeah, but repeat it for us. All right. Suffering is necessary until we realize it is unnecessary. It's deep. That is deep. You can show, smoke a doob, <laughs> and think about it, <laughs> and then sit there and think about it. I don't want to get into all that crazy stuff now, right now, but that was real deep for me. It, it, it helped transcend into my soul a lot and how do I approach things and how do I uh, um, process things, my thought process, my wanting to be negative in my mind. I have a shitload of stuff going on, a shitload on so many different levels. Um, uh, it's extraordinary. I get out of bed. I think sometimes, you know, uh, uh, it's just what I have to do. And there's a way I do it in a way of process. I've come upon things. I've been very fortunate to talk to a lot of people and read a ton of books. And it has kind of helped me to do that. And next year is going to be a bigger, more challenging year, but I'm full of energy. 
I'm older than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> That's a funny line. <laughs> I should write comedy. Fuck this shit. And, uh, and I feel more energetic. I feel more powerful, faster, stronger, smarter. Um, uh, for whatever reason, and more full of life. It doesn't mean I don't get beat down like anyone else, but I only get beat down for like five minutes. In relation to that quote, it makes me think of one thing that, I, that I, and I can't remember where I got this from. What, what they were saying was depressives are more realistic about their own abilities. So most people think they're, you know, for example, if you ask everyone, are you better than average at your job? And most people will say yes. And obviously, statistically, you can't be, it can't be right that more than 50% sure, right. are better than their jobs. So they have a realistic, a more realistic view of their own capabilities and situations, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing that depressives are proven to not be realistic about is their own ability to dig themselves out of depression. And that, right. was, a, that was an interesting one. That is interesting. I never actually heard that. So that is that, that is, that's very true. It's very true. I mean, uh, it, it can be an overwhelming, powerful source and it affects more people than we realize. Cause it, it, it's almost an embarrassing thing to speak about, you know, for people, yeah. they feel like I'm weak and, and I should just suck it up, be tougher. You know, as John, John, Bar, you have to learn, you have to develop those practices, those habits to help you get out of that. It doesn't happen. Just because you will, I can't just box twenty rounds with Mike Tyson and and try to will it there. It ain't gonna happen. No, you know, there's things that I have to do to be able to do that. You know, but so my major goal this year. So outside of, so I do have, I really have no financial goals. Is that odd? Money has never been a driver for me. It's not why I do things. Right? I've come to different things, but there's a great quote here by Mother Teresa, who's one of my favorite people in the world. And this over the last months and year has helped me. Uh, do things like, for you know, uh, during our holiday, you know, I, I volunteered time at a place, you know, down in Trenton. Instead of being home, I spent some of the holiday with my daughter, uh, a good part of the holiday, you know, serving food to, to the homeless and help. Nice. That's what I. Nice. And I did that not to get a- accolades from anyone. No one even knows that until I think just told you now. I don't think I told you that, right? No, you didn't do a big Facebook right. post about it. and. <laughs> Fuck no. I do that about boxing in the gym because that's different, right? But that is not about, that's about giving back to the world and helping people who cannot help you selfishly and without letting anybody know. And the only reason I'm saying is because this is how I'm trying to lead my life. doesn't mean I'm not going to be who I am, but this is some things. But anyway, this was a great quote. And I, I think about this and I try to live it this way. Believe it or not, is um, let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness, kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile. I just thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Right? Now, it doesn't mean people aren't dicks and you shouldn't go tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> but, you know, but that's how I want to approach this year. It's just to do that. Do the best I can for everyone that I'm involved with and go over and above and beyond, I guess, to call of duty. It's uh, That's just how I... I, I how I want to do it. And I find when I kind of do that, spend that time, smile to that person who might need that smile at the door at the supermarket. Yeah. It goes a long way. You might've changed their day. It's kind of weird. And, and I don't go around preaching about this stuff. It's just something I'm practicing. And I got to tell you, it kind of works. It's kind of cool. There's, there's that acronym for sort of setting goals and targets, et cetera, et cetera. Smart where, you know, they're specific, measurable, right. Achievable, 
realistic or something like that and time measured. Now I've got a few of those wrong, but you get the gist. Your goal there is it can't be can't be measured, can't be you know, is it how do you define success in that? How do you define success in that? On the, on that particular goal. It's like for example, if you do say, look, I wanna I wanna get three thousand a month income coming through, that's something very measurable. If I want to get my body fat down right. to like sixteen percent, that those are two measurable goals. Otherwise, it's not really a goal. It's just saying, I just want to be nice to everyone. It is a goal. It's not saying you want to be nice to everyone, because I don't want to be nice to everybody. <laughs> it is a measurable goal, giving, giving your best to everything that you do and being as kind as possible to everyone you I can. I mean, that's a goal. That's a, I'm sorry. You know? Uh, it's, it's, like a, well, it's like a way of doing things. It's like a value. It's a, right. Yeah. So I think it works back to me. the drawing board. But it no, no. That's not changing for me. So uh, that that's and it's making a difference. I can see that. How do I measure? Because I can see the difference I've made in or helped to make potentially in certain people's lives by kind of proceeding that way. And and, it, and how their life has changed. Not that I've changed it, that they've changed it. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thought process. And I, I, I don't care if it's measurable by any normal person's thought process. It's measurable by mine, and that's what matters. This is one of the, this is like this is like one of the uh, eternal challenges for businesses. Say, for example, how do you measure right. customer satisfaction? So, if everyone in your gym is smiling when they leave, how do I measure that? You know, I could take a I could take a video, and everyone who leaves your leaves your gym, if they're all smiling, then I've achieved a metric, right? I mean, that's a really bad example, but normally you do things like customer satisfaction surveys and all that kind of thing. Well, what you realize when you do that is you can't satisfy everybody. No, you can't. No, you can't. But at least right. if you There's have the always... information, then you know what maybe what to fix. Right, right, right. But anyway, so go, go, yeah, right. I hear you. And so back, but that back part of just trying to live more of an upstanding life to the best of my ability is important to me on many levels. And there's deeper to that. But I just thought that was an interesting. I'm not. I'm not like this hippie kind of guy running around passing out flyers at the corner saying, you know you know, find Jesus, anything like that. That's not about that. You know, it's just about being the best. And I always, by the way, carried myself like that, but I'm more aware of it. It's rather interesting thought just from different things. As far as family, you know, you want to, of course, be the best father and everybody teach your kids and stuff and friends and reach out. There's things I don't do when I do that. Uh, Finances. Look, I want to make more money. Uh, You know, I don't have anything written down. I'll say that's a recipe for failure, but I believe in my heart of hearts that if I proceed you know, in this direction of doing what I'm doing and I do it very well, that there'll be that, that that will take care of itself. They always say doing what you're passionate about is where you'll find, Bingo. The, you know, your, your, your greatest success. And you are definitely doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Why right, not? Right? At least <laughs> I am not. Cool. And no, I do have business goals. Of course, I want to grow the gym 10 times. You know, I want to make, you know, primal promotions, primal fight promotions bigger as far as primal radio. Bigger, more listeners, all that. But I don't have a direct, okay, this is the, exactly where I want to be. I know if every day I'm moving it in that direction that it's it's health. But as far as like the health thing, one of the things I'm going to do is, uh, is I'm actually going to go ahead and do that one year of coaching with John Berardi. Oh, cool. I'm good. That's so I'm actually awesome. going to do that because I love being an experiment. For two different things. There's a certification and then there is a... Like you're being coached by them, I guess. Right, so you're going to do the one that's not just for the members of public. It's the one where you sort of like actually become like right. like, like a personal trainer that knows their stuff. Yeah, cool. Right, I'm doing both. It's crossed my mind too, I have to say. Right, and, and I because John made a lot of sense as a coach. 
know, John Brady was an excellent coach, and, and he brought a, a lot of things. Like, you know, I can use it as a, a lifetime martial artist, and you achieve a certain level of whatever success. We often think that we know everything. We like to believe our own shit. And I see there are deficits in in my tra- not training necessarily, but maybe diet and other things that I can improve. And so that's one of the things I want to do. So I, it, it, and by the way, so I can say I went through, this is what I did and how I did it. And at the end of the day, I'll come back with a ton of knowledge, you know, yeah. that what I can use. And there's other things I'm, I, I joined a thing called the mentor box. Have you heard of mentor? No, box? no, no. Sounds interesting though. It is interesting. These guys, they essentially, they have a wealth of books and they, they essentially top line the books for you. The author speaks to you on a, a session. So it's like kind of speed reading a ton of books and thought processes. It's called Mentor Box. Now I just started this. It already, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to go back to study. I'm like, this is so cool. You know, it does everything from all the topics in life, health, wealth, wellness, you know, you name it, sales, it has all that stuff in there. It's very reasonable cause. I don't know these guys at all. I get nothing from them. Perhaps we can get them on the show. They're a bit, you know, um, to talk about it. But I thought I thought it was kind of interesting in, in my own personal development on that aspect of my life. But I think that's, look, outside of that, I, I'll hopefully achieve sainthood by 2020. <laughs> uh, but those are my 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 things but i i don't write i used to we're going back to i used to write those motherfuckers down and then at the end of the year you go all right let me just change the date at the top of the piece of paper that's right yeah <laughs> well, those are good goals i'll do them for this year so uh, maybe i have more to learn there is that possibility anyway it's pretty good tom i want to you know well and it's been a long show you don't have to do a lot of editing <laughs> but it's been yeah. but it has been Yet another great year. Banner year for Primal Radio 2019. Watch out, man. We're moving up the food chain slowly but surely. We'll be up there, man. All right, everybody. Have a happy holiday. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2019. Peace out. Merry Christmas. Uh, You can say that. You're not in the U.S. You have to say Happy Kwanzaa or something. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.